friends, this is your host, Morgan Snyder, and welcome back to another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. If you've been with us for this recent series, you know we have gone pretty deep. We are doing some serious excavation. I think of the quote from Chronicles of Narnia regarding Aslan when it's said of him, he is not safe but he is good. Friends, our God is not safe. He cannot be tamed. He is wild, unfettered, and free. And yet he is utterly good, utterly kind, and utterly personal. If you've been with us, then we are ready to dive into the next big idea. As you know, and you hear from the teaching, every idea becomes a sort of prologue for the next. And so if you haven't traveled this series, I encourage you to go back to the very first one of this and move through chronologically. But if you have been with us, then let's dive in for this next session of the Become Good Soil intensive podcast series. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give us fresh revelation in irreversible change. It's in Matthew chapter 8, and it talks about um, Jesus entering Capernaum. And a centurion came to him asking for help. And he said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed in terrible suffering. And Jesus said... I will go and I will heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but simply speak the word. Speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished. He was astonished. And he said, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in all of Israel with such great faith. Then Jesus said to the centurion, eye to eye, soul to soul, go. It will be done just as you believed it. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Jesus was astonished. It's the only place in all of scripture that they use the, the, this Greek word, um, thou is used. One place in this whole book relating to a person's <laughs> trust and confidence in something. And my question is, what is that? I want to know what astonishes the heart of God. And I want to know why there's only one place and one person that he chooses to tell that story. If you notice, um, the centurion soldier's confidence and trust was in a certain dynamic of the kingdom. It wasn't simply a confession of faith. There's all sorts of people that have belief structures and confessions of faith. But he... His first statement to Jesus is, I, I understand authority. I'm under authority and in authority. I tell that man, go, and he goes, mm-hmm. right? I am I'm a ruler, and I am a ruler under authority. 
Do you notice what's fascinating? All the great stories that we love that borrow their power from the gospel are actually not autonomous rulers. They are men under authority. I want you to think about that for a moment with Maximus, general of the Felix legions, loyal servant to the true king, Marcus Aurelius, right? He was a man in authority and under authority. Do you see that? Jesus was a man in authority and under authority, and he was utterly yielded to the Father. And that's why it, it, it's amazing, the most intimate place of all of Scripture, as his life is ascending to the cross, he's with his closest friends, and, and he says this um, to show his love, he washed their feet, and it was so radical. And he says in that moment, I came from the Father, and I returned to the Father, and so now I submit myself, right? He understands the orientation as it relates to being a ruler. And so, as Bill Johnson says, he can serve with a kingly heart and rule with a servant's heart because his identity is seated. Jesus is an utterly dependent person, okay? This is so important because our design is dependency and our false self hates that. But there's a way things work. And so you have to receive the revelation that we are dependent. And so the question isn't, will you be dependent, but what will you be dependent on? And who will you be dependent on? Because your soul is utterly dependent on something. And if it's not attached to the living God, if it's not yielded and consented to him, it will be consented and yielded to other things and other people. Jesus was utterly yielded and he models what that's like. It's the most powerful life because when you are living dependent to a good, good father with supernatural resources and infinite capacity, then it flows, it flows. There's a, there's a pond down in the stream, Bear Creek, in our final time with God yesterday. I walked down and there's this, you know, overflowing. This is springtime, you know, snowmelt here. And so everything is just a robust well-being which this is dry, pretty arid land. So this robust well-being stream, and then there's this reservoir that's filled, and then it's cascading down these falls. And that's the image of dependency, flowing in rivers of life so that you can be full and out of the fullness. John uh, 16 says, out of the fullness, Jesus lived. Okay, not out of depletion, but out of a fullness. And so my question to you this morning is how much are you living with consent? How much, to what degree, and to what parts have you, or do you live in a moment-by-moment consent for God to have his way? To bless is to will what is good for God. And with everything we say and everything we do, we either bless or we curse. And the king that becomes wholehearted is one who simply says, with his every part of his self, his true self, I choose to will what is good for my father. And you see it in Jesus's life, literally at the crux of his life, he has to actually crucify his own will to his father's will. This is what I want. 
please take this cup from me. That was Jesus's will. This is mysterious. And it's the secret of the kingdom. He says, but even more than taking this cup, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's what unleashed the power of the kingdom to destroy all the powers of darkness. And that's the beauty of Philippians 2 when it says, and now by taking the lowest seat, right? He was raised above every other name that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every government, every kingdom, every person, every country one day will see that he is ruler. And so how much have you consented? One of the, um, the de- devious ways of the evil one is to kind of um, pervert humility in our culture where it's, it's this acquiescence, it's feminine, it's, it's passive, um, it, it's, it's, um, it's sapping of strength. But the true um, biblical um, heart center of humility, it's, it's a Hebrew word that's anah. And it can be used to describe a, a horse like Pilgrim, a wild stallion. One of my mentors says it this way, that it's often translated slave or servant, but actually at its essence, it's a sense of looking to another for instruction. Looking to another for instruction. It's really interesting. Um, Solomon, the wisest man that ever walked the earth other than Jesus, um, the, the, the translation for um, what he asked for. It says wise and discerning heart, but actually the, the, the most heart-centered true translation of that in uh, the Greek um, or the Hebrew is a God-listening heart. A God-listening heart. Solomon had a posture that was God-tuned that was God curious, that was God following, that was God listening. And so this, this word ana is to look to another for instruction, to know where the good way is. And a horse is a beautiful image because it has this strength and this fiery personality, but it wants to run free. And yet um, the bringing under rain is what allows that freedom and that power to be harnessed in the service of love, in the service of a greater good. And so to really care for a horse horse to bring it under rain is it's a harnessed strength. So for the word humility, it really helps me to replace harness strength. It's strength under rule, under rule. See, when you know you're a son in, in the depth of your bowels, in the center of your soul, you know, in Galatians 4, it says that we all have equal access to the full inheritance as sons. And so you can live under rule when you know that he has a good heart, when he cares, that when he has your best intentions at the center of his heart. And so all of the work of the kingdom, as he integrates us, gives us an increasing capacity to give consent because for every one of us, he has a story that feels impossible. It feels impossible. But that's why even in Hebrews, he says that he makes level paths so, which the, so that the limb, which is lame, can be healed. He's always kind. He's always kind. Because he knows how ruthless and brutal 
the assault has been on our hearts. See, one of the enemy's great strategies is to try to get our souls to name God as the deliverer of evil, okay? It's one of the great strategies because as long as you doubt the goodness of his heart, all of this is inaccessible, all of it. But once your heart received the revelation that you have an enemy, he's fierce, but he's not equals with God. He's a fallen angel. And you have a second enemy, and it's the world that you live in because it's fallen. It's creation fouled, okay, perverted. And you have a third enemy, which is actually our greatest enemy in the story. Our greatest enemy is the enemy within, the self-life. He will sabotage any and every attempt for God to bring you into an integrated place, union with him. So that's why, friends, we've taken so soberly and seriously this journey of coming to know the false in you, being aware of him, being familiar with him and the way he sabotages and self-protects. The path of the masculine journey of, is one of coming to understand that there is a way to astonish the heart of God. It's always been available and only a few find it. But those that do find life, what would it be like to astonish the heart of God? Moody said that the world has yet to see what God can do through and in and for and with a man who is fully consecrated to God. That's why we begin the daily prayer with consecration. It's what I want. I want to be consecrated inside out, through and through, so that one day that spirit can cross through the earth in this dark world. He'll see a light and a light and a light and a light and say, oh, those are my sons. They have yielded. They understand that they are in authority and under authority. Father is saying, son, he's whispering, son, would you trust me just this one more time? He says, Jesus will give you everything that you need to take this journey with me. Holy Spirit is a good guide. He will lead you to integrate all of the parts of you into all the parts of him. He says, you've been chosen. You've been chosen. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. We've been chosen. We're loved. We're pursued. We're being sought after. We truly are. There's a destiny. And one day our stories will be told rightly. It will be so. One day, the Psalms say, open the gates that the king of glory might come in. And the invitation is to open the gates of your kingdom to him. It's an invitation, a request from our father. You don't have to, but you can. You can if you want to. What would be next in bringing all of you under all of him, his care, his connection, his provision? What would it take to give him such consent that you follow his whisper and you're led 
you feel led. You have a God-listening heart united with him. I'd love to just pray for a few minutes and just sink into his full heart for us. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Nahum says that your ways are in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds are the dust of your feet. That's true. Your ways are wild. I do not understand them all. But I know that my heart tells me I want more. I want more. So I'm going to pray in the first person. And just if you, in your heart, if you agree, then you can pray in agreement. God, I receive the reality that I am created in your image as a man and forever my soul will be an image of your masculine heart in this world and I receive it in the world to come and I receive a spirit of sonship. I receive the strengthening mantle that I am a son and you are my father. And since I am a son, I am being invited to become a son. That the most important thing about me is not what I do, but it's who I become. And I will take that with you into eternity. God, I receive the easy yoke to be your apprentice in, king, apprentice in kingdom living, to be a master student. God, to work with you and watch how you do it, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Father, I acknowledge that you have entrusted a kingdom to my care, and there are places and portions of that kingdom that need great tending. Father, I invite you to prune my kingdom, to soul-size my kingdom, and I ask that you would continue to shepherd me in grieving the places that I've had too much too soon. God, I want my kingdom to be open to your kingdom and my kingdom to be a place where your, what is good for you is done. I want the narrow road. I want the ancient path. I want to recover the gospel. I want to recover it. God, I want to find where the good way is and walk in it, the trusted way, the true way to find rest for my soul. God, I ask that you would reveal to me these places that are deeply needing validation and identity that only come from you. God, that you would unseat the places of fear and shame and hiding, the places where I have misappropriated my need for identity and validation, where I've sought answers to my questions And I bring my question rather than bringing my strength from being rooted in your love, in your validation. God, I pray that you would replace this root of shame and fear. You would excavate it. You would disentangle all of the entanglements of the false. I pray that you would heighten, quicken my awareness of the false man in me. I pray that you would give me vision for the civil war in my soul, that you would show me the self-protective nature of my living, 
in relating. I pray that you would show me my self-life and how I find life apart from you. God, I pray that you, by your grace and your tender touch, by your intoxicating leadership, that you would dismantle the false. And I pray that you would tend carefully to the true man, that you would nourish, strengthen, and restore, uniting my heart with you to raise up the true man, healing, restoring. And in that, Father, I pray that you would guide me in breaking every limit that I've placed on you. I ask for your forgiveness for every limit I have placed on who you can be, what you can do, and how you could do it. I simply give you permission, and I give you access to be who you are, to be who you want to be. I ask that you would break the bars of iron, that you would save the young places in me. Can plunder be taken from warriors, captives from the fierce? Yes, yes, I will. I will bend bars of iron, and my children I will save, says the Lord. I will rebuild from ancient ruins. I'll repair long devastated. Would you break every limit that I've placed on who you can be? Would you break those limits? Would you show me how to walk and follow into the frontier of impossible made possible? God, I pray for your intimacy and your nurturing that you would bestow on me deeper than even validation, a profound abiding place of self-worth that I would know that I am loved because I'm loved, because I'm loved, because I am yours, because it's what you are like. You love me because you love me, because you love me, because that's what you're like. Would you heal the recesses that have been traumatized in the place of self-worth? Would you restore long devastated places? Would you mother me and nurture me and strengthen me so that I could be made whole and holy again, restored? Come, come. God, I'm asking for your leadership as I move into how to live my life in the dailies, Lord, of how to cultivate fiercely a habitat where my soul can thrive to become the kind of soil that produces a harvest of 30, 60, 100-fold. Father, I confess every place I've taken shortcuts. I confess every place that I've taken a higher seat at the table. I've taken matters into my own hands. Father, I confess every way I've allowed parts and portions of my masculinity to atrophy. I ask that you would come and restore my place in your kingdom, the rhythm of the soul. My place is the generalist where you can go and you can take off the cast and you can allow every muscle that is atrophied to be strengthened by training exercise and care by nourishment, food and drink, that you'd restore the whole man, that I would become the kind of person that's able to bring myself, my whole self in union with you to every situation. 
I ask God that you would continue to tend to my soul, shepherd me in creating with fierce mastery a habitat that I can not only just simply survive, but also thrive. Father, I stand against every spirit that opposes that, the spirit of the age of this ruthless drivenness and busyness. Father, I confess that so many times I find you quiet, but I'm simply busy. And I renounce every agreement I've made with busyness, with medicating. And I ask God that you would shepherd me into the frontier of ruthlessly eliminating hurry, that you would cause pause, that you would cause still, that you would invite a responsive life instead of a reactive one. I pray, God, that you would come against this enemy and slow me down, slow me down, invite me further with you into a rhythm of soul. Give me your resources to walk in this deeper. Show me what's next. And Father, I ask that you would help shepherd me in creating those habits in the lifestyle whereby my life becomes a liturgy of being an apprentice and a son and a warrior in live ammo training so I might one day become a king. God, and through those trials, become a father in your kingdom. God, how shall I live moment by moment, by day and by decade? How do we practice this thing together? What do you have for my frontier? How do I engage with you? Would you shepherd me? to try it on and try it out. Would you show me the way? Show me where the good way is in this. I want to practice with you. I want to take my training as seriously as any other matters in my life. Would you show me where I need to draw out and draw back, abstain and pull away from the things that don't nourish me? I confess every medication that I've turned to, to just numb and I ask that you would enliven, and I pray that you would use the practices of abstaining to actually awaken my senses again, refresh my senses, refresh my sensitivity to your movement in the details. And God, I welcome that intimate place, that place that I express of you in this world that no one knows, and that you know of me. I of you and you of me. I want you to increase the love language between us, the whispers, the laughter, the surprises, the weird and wild ways. I consecrate those to you and shepherd me. Shepherd me in the things that work, that allow me to make choices to access what I cannot control, but that which I can count on. You're a good, good father. Shepherd me and show me. Father, it feels so crazy to think that intimacy with you could be the centerpiece of my reality with my time and with my money and with my energy, but I'm choosing to believe that it's possible. Would you shepherd me in soul care? I consecrate every aspect and dimension of my life to you. God, I give you my marriage, my union. I ask for your forgiveness for everything. Father, I'm known by you. It's okay for the places I'm not known. 
I'm understood by you. It's okay for the places I'm not understood there. I just ask you for what's next. And I ask that you would give me your heart to come to the center of her story. God, to bring a strength that truly cares for her sake. Teach me union. Shepherd me in union with her, with you as our epicenter so that we can show the world as a shining light what it looks like in intoxicating glory to see God, fully man and fully woman, united under the banner of heaven. Let us show the world what's possible to be an aroma. It's delicious. Father, I give you my kids and I confess that they are not responsible for my happiness. I entrust their lives to you. You are their father. And I ask that you would shepherd me in how to be there, to be present, to be the one who connects them with you. Would you shepherd me in showing them that you are more than enough? Would you use them to shape me? Father, I ask for friendship. I confess my need and loneliness and disappointment in the space. And I ask that you you would go before me and prepare the way with peers and like-hearted kings. I pray that you would give me mentors that I could lean into, knowing all, always and everywhere, you are my father. And so I forgive, I ask for forgiveness for any place I've attached to a man And something in my young heart demands that he father me and be my father. I detach from that and I I, I reattach to you, God. You are my true father. So I bless the portion. I bless the portion that you have from any man. And I ask that you would bring the pieces and pearls where and when you have it. And I trust you as my one father. All of it, God. My chimney sweeping every other aspect and dimension. God, I need you. I need you to sort it out. I need you to give me peace that surpasses all understanding. Would you do that for me? Would you do that for me? Father, I pray that you would shepherd me deeper into arranging my days so that I can experience deep, deeper and deeper contentment deeper and deeper joy, deeper and deeper confidence in my every day, every moment, life with you. Not my 15 minutes a day, but my 24 hours. How, where, what do you wanna do? Where do we go? Father, arrange my days. I give you permission. I yield to you in this space. And I believe that there's a path that is life. I invite you to do it. God, I'm asking for what's next. I'm asking for you to integrate my soul. And I'm asking for union with you. I open my kingdom to your kingdom. I open my kingdom to your kingdom. Father, I accept your acceptance of me. I choose to live in the present moment. 
I ask for a wise and discerning heart. I unite my heart with your heart. I choose to listen to your voice. I ask you to father me today. I put on the armor of God once again, shoes of the gospel that move and step with you, a belt of truth where I love what you love and I hate what you hate, a breastplate of righteousness where I choose what you choose and I refuse what you refuse, a helmet of salvation where my hope is in the kingdom of heaven, anticipating and expecting your goodness, your breakthrough, your intervention. I take up the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith where I am certain, sure of what I hope for and certain of what I do not see. I choose you. I choose to trust you at all times, in all ways. I bless the portion and I ask for the next piece. I give you my day. I give you my decade. I choose to become good soil. I choose you. You have my yes. Amen. Friends, you are among the few. Wow. For you to come this far, for you to track, uh, engage with this teaching, and to journey in that prayer process, you are among the few, and I commend you. I commend you. I am just so proud of you, and I say welcome. At this point, I genuinely, with a whole heart, say welcome to a rare fellowship. That prayer of, of becoming good soil is a prayer that I pray regularly and a lot of the alumni from the intensive have found it deeply powerful to pray on a regular basis. And you can find that on the Ransom Heart app. So if you go to the Ransom Heart app, it's called the Ransom Heart Lifeline, under prayers, you'll see a whole sort of prayer options, our daily prayers and a lot of specific prayers. There's a prayer to become good soil. There's a version of the prayer that we just prayed right there. And you can listen to it. You can read it. But I pray that that will be a source for you to return to, reconnect and access some of the frontier that God is surfacing from you to access some of the deep places that God wants to come into in your life and in your story. This has been an episode of a particular series on the Become Good Soil podcast where we are featuring content from the most recent intensive. I'm really excited to turn to the next episode shortly where we will turn to the council of the elders at the gate from this intensive. So this is Morgan Snyder, and thank you for joining us, and I look forward to being together with you in your world again soon. Thanks.